Hey guys, welcome to another Nut episode of the Bagnum Boardcast. This is Paul. And I'm Chris. And we're coming with to you in only one way today, uh, because this is a Nut episode. It's something we do when uh, we feel guilty about not podcasting in a while. Or yeah, just... it's, it's been a while since uh, episode 385 was released. I want to say back in December or January. Ooh, probably January. It's, uh, yeah. and we, we get the itch. We like podcasting. We like talking uh, to to our friends, you know? Yeah, we, we just like talking about stuff that we like. And uh, just with schedules, how everything's been. Um, I've been working. Paul's been traveling for his job. John has a baby. Um, there's a lot of, like, bits and bobs that just haven't been coordinating mm-hmm. um but yeah so we're we're doing a special not episode and this is a word books with friends that's right a long-running joke for listeners there i think it was mentioned once before on one other show it's, i don't know maybe there's so. more it's, mentions well i think we mentioned it a couple times as like for whenever we wind up doing the word books with friends podcast um because we, we talk about comic books we're a comic book podcast and there's a whole nother side of books that we never really read or discuss. And those are word books. Yeah. And this is, uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, Chris and I have also been getting online to uh, play the World of Warcraft. Yes. Which has been out since 2000, what, five? Oh, 2004, I believe. 2004. So it has been 15 years of Warcraft. Wow. And they so they uh, they do come out with books. And uh, um, recently, World of Warcraft. I mean, it's a massively multiplayer online game. It has its own like history of lore in game based off of the Warcraft strategy games, like the RTSs. Um, and then once they started the World of Warcraft, they really kind of delved more into the storytelling of it through just audio dramas, books, comics, uh, young adult books. I think they've done some like not. Not like movies, but animatic style mm-hmm. stuff. Um, there's and there's like a whole I forget like there's probably a dozen books deepening the story that you won't get when you're actually playing the game. Uh, that's really exciting for nerds. Yeah. Uh, anytime you get to dive in and get to uh, interact with one of your favorite milieus of nerdum, uh, it's always great. I, I f- think it's great. And this, you know, this was my first introduction to the grander lore of Warcraft. Like, I've been playing the game. I've been playing the game since right before, you know, on and off again. Like, every WoW player, I think. uh, Since right before Burning Crusade. Because I wanted to see original Warcraft before Burning Crusade. And I played a little bit. Didn't really like it. Fell off of it. And then I jumped in, like, probably during Wrath of Lynch King. And got to Northrend and kind of stopped again. And then again, Miss Pandaria, did I come back for a little yeah, bit? Because, yeah, that's, um, that was one of the times that I actually came back to it because I have a okay. similar kind of story. Not as long running. Um, I first started playing in Cataclysm, mm. left, came back in Miss Pandaria with you, left, skipped over Warlords of Drainer. You didn't play that one at all, did you? No. But then when Legion came out, I was like, okay, like this looks really cool. Let me check this out. Uh, and Legion is the expansion that that really hooked me. It, it just dragged me in, and that's when I really started to play the game more. Started actually caring about this long-building lore. Uh, 
so when they announced this book before the storm by Christy Golden leading into the next expansion, I was like, all right, like I've already been keeping up with everything that they've been doing to support the Legion release and then the entire cycle of that release. Uh, they got me, uh, and it, it worked out well. Yeah. So I started reading before the storm or listening to it because uh, it's free on like YouTube here in the United States. The BBC put out the audiobook, uh, which is. Uh, Read by the voice actor that voice uh, Anduin, who is the now king of Stormwind. But you know, if you if you follow the video game, you'll know who Anduin is. If you play Hearthstone, you know who he is. He's the he's the person that's the priest. Correct. In it, um, two big games. And I'm going to say sorry to all our listeners that don't have any kind of uh, knowledge base knowledge of Warcraft because you might get lost in this conversation quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a not episode, so we're yeah. not going to be coming to you with all the normal stuff that we do, like the list or the Week in Geek. Yeah. But, I mean, there's there's one thing that we always do. Oh, drink. We do. Oh, uh, drink. Do you have something special for this, or are I, you just drinking one of your old standbys? No, I actually have picked up something special, and I might bring it over, you know, depending on when we get to podcast with John, because I've been holding off on a lot of beers. Uh, but this is a uh, FIP. This is I, I know yesterday I said I probably drink those non-alcoholic ones, but you know, <laughs> I, I look at non-alcoholic beer and I'm like, but but why? <laughs> uh, so I'm drinking from Big Ditch Brewing here in Buffalo, New York. It's part of their Lock IPA series, you know, as in the Erie Canal Locks. Fifteen uh, miles. It's my na- uh, got a mule. Mm-hmm. Name was Sal. This is FIP. This is uh, number two. Um, this is. Just a solid, decent IPA. It's, I wouldn't classify it as a New England-style IPA. You're I, saying FIP, like F-I-P? F-I-P, yep. Does That's, it stand for something? What? I'm from Buffalo. I don't get this reference. I don't get it either. They they do three letters for the naming conventions on this Lock series, and I okay. don't get it. Uh, FIP is our second beer in the series. Uh, is named after a coin worth about six cents that was used during the days of the canal construction a fip was commonly used to purchase a glass of grog or ale after a hard day's work so that's where it comes from it's, it's okay. a little write-up on the back i should i should have just let you read the can i apologize for no. that <laughs> uh, it is an unfiltered ipa they do suggest rolling the can before drinking i did not so maybe as i get through it uh the sediment will be there and i'll get more of that like unfiltered ipa flavor but it's a decent uh, Indian Pale Ale, but I wouldn't. I'm drinking it from the can because John isn't here to yell at me and tell me that it's an unfiltered one, so you should pour it. And blah 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 blah. You know, because I do what yeah, I want. Yeah, mix up that sediment. Yeah, gotta mix it up. You can't. Well, maybe try it for the next one. See, <laughs> see how that feels. Um, I also picked up something, and this is coming from Magic Hat Brewing, and this is a collaboration with uh, Irish punk band the Dropkick Murphys. Oh wow. Um, I didn't know this existed until I saw it on the shelf, and this is their Barroom Hero Pub Ale. Um, apparently, Dropkick Murphys were in Vermont viewing, uh, taking a tour of the brewery, and they were just like, hey, like, let's brew a beer. So they actually just brewed just a Boston Pub Ale, something you would be drinking uh, when you go see the Celtics or the yeah. Bruins. Yes. Those are te- sports yep. teams from Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> um, sales... Uh, Proceed of the sales from this actually go to the Dropkick Murphys um, Clada Charity Foundation. Um, it's not a bad beer. I mean, it's not 
utterly fantastic. It's just, it's a pub ale. I mean, it's similar to a uh, Boddington's kind of in that flavor profile. It's just not as, like, rich. It doesn't have, like, a nitro ball in it or anything. It's just, it's a can. It's not mm-hmm. bad. Just lacks that kind of creaminess that I would expect from something uh, yeah. called a pub ale. But it's not bad. I mean, I got a six-pack of it. I think it was only, like, $9. Not yep. terrible for something new. And, I mean, it's Magic Hat, so I knew it was going to be just kind of a drinkable beer to begin with. And also, uh, part of that money goes to charity. So, you know, you're doing good. I'm doing good. You're going to get I'm into the good place. <clears throat> Lickety split. Lickety split. Oh. I haven't seen any of the you, new have season. Have you caught up? Oh. No. Because no, I'm, I'm not saying. I've only seen. say anything, then, but it's it's good. I don't know. I've only seen season one, right? Did you did you find out the twist? Well, I know that. Okay, spoilers. That the good place is really the bad place. Yes. And then in season two, the twist is then they end up on Earth, right? Is that how? Or is it that's uh-huh. on season one? There's there's twists beyond that. Well, yeah, it's season three, but I'm wondering where I am at. Have I gone through season two then? Is the season the finale for season one? Oh, the good place is actually the bad place, or is yes. that like a mid-season finale? I believe that's that's the reveal at the end of season one. Okay, I, so I've I, only like binged it. Like I yeah, exactly like, <clears throat> up until like season three. Like I've had to <laughs> just keep going back and rewatching. So things kind of blur together. I'm the same way with The Office. Though I don't know which season is which because. The Office is just The Office. Like, it's just yeah. one continuous, like, 201-episode show that once you start watching it, you just keep going through, except for the episode Scott's Tots, which for some reason doesn't play on Netflix. Like, it just skips over that one. Yeah, yeah. That one is... It's really, it's really weird how my, there's, my Xbox won't play that episode. There's, like, three episodes of The Office that I cannot watch. Dinner Party? Oh no! I love, I love the dinner it's party. So it's, just, it's, it's so awkward. It's so awkward, but that's so. why I like it. But Scott's tots is painful awkward, and like every time it starts up, I'm like, I watch part of it. And I'm like, no, I know it's coming. I, I can't. Oh, what's the other one that I just can't do? Scott's tots is definitely one of them. And I think there's one more that I'm just forgetting. That is just so. Ugh. Just like in my finger, my hands go right up over my eyes, and it's like <laughs> I can only look through, like peer through, uh, you know, the gaps. Like I just can't do it. It's just too awful. Uh, basically, all of season one, I have to say, season one's rough. Um, but again, it's just it's the first season. They mm-hmm. they find their footing real quick. Season two, but uh, we're gonna find our footing again by talking about. Christy Golden's Before the Storm, uh, a World of Warcraft novel. This is, uh, I, I started, going to pick, Chris was talking about World of Warcraft and how great Legion was, and I was going to get back into it. And so I started playing a little bit, and while I was playing, uh, started up playing again, I, I was uh, listening to Before the Storm. And it, it kind of got me more appreciative of what the... Uh, what Blizzard has done with World of Warcraft. I honestly, every time I picked it up to play it, I was like, oh, this is just, you know, you go do your quests, you do stuff, you, you know, I didn't realize they were actually building a whole narrative. I never got to end end game content. So I never realized there was a greater overarching story to everything. Like, um, just to jump in real quick, um, the official synopsis for the book is an all-new official prequel novel to the Battle for Azeroth, Blizzard's next expansion to the critically acclaimed World of Warcraft. In Before the Storm, Anduin Rin 
King of Stormwind and Sylvanas Windrunner, Warchief of the Hard Horde, are new to their positions of power, both ascending before they were truly prepared. As the Alliance and Horde struggle to recover from the devastating war with the demonic burning legion, a terrible discovery will test both leaders, threatening to reignite the bitter enmity between both factions and shake the very foundations of the world of Azeroth. So man, right right off the bat. Mm-hmm. They, it in. they let you know the stakes. Two new leaders trying to find their footing and trying to find a balance of peace after a great war you know this is a great time we like both leaders hey uh, we defeated the burning legion and i think this is a great introduction to both of these characters sylvanas winrunder and andrewin rin um even though you might know who they are from the game like this really delves into their characters themselves like mm-hmm. this kind of gets you like everything you need to know about them if you haven't even been playing the game and as like a newer fan who was really getting into the lore at this time i i really appreciated this because i was like okay i can round out these characters more than i get in that like two minutes of interacting with them as i'm turning in 100 bones that i had to click on something to dig up right yeah i I feel the same way uh i kind of i played an undead character for a little while now to try it out. So I got a little bit. You, you basically the dark lady uh, Sylvanas is the leader of the undead. So you're do. She's like somebody you interact with quite a bit uh, in the starting zones. You know, I I did the undead starting zone with one character that I've like since deleted from like years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think the book does a better job of setting up who the undead are than I ever got when I was doing that initial, like, starting quest that actually takes you through, like, all those settlements, and then you finally end up in Undercity. Yeah, because I didn't realize they, um, we'll talk about one of the best characters in the book. I'm forgetting her name. I was hoping to find a uh, character list Mm -hmm. somewhere, and I forgot to keep looking for it, because we started talking. Um, basically, uh, the main undead character who's sewing people up. She's the she used to be married to in her past life married to King Edwin's um Stuart. Or uh, uh, Yes, um you're you're speaking of Velcinda Benton. Yes. Velcinda. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a link. Thank you. But she goes by a different name, I think, in the When she was when she she goes back to Velcinda. Yeah, because part of undeath is you're reborn, so they all take new names for themselves. Well, because their past is kind of, for some of them, are you know, because you've been dead, so some of your mental factories are gone, and some of the un, you know undead when you're risen are too far gone, and they just, you know, as the book describes, kind of like just die again almost immediately. Like they can't, there's not enough of them left to have life t- attached to them. And a lot of uh, the people that do kind of remember their past life find it easier to just let it go, knowing that they can't go back to live that life. And one of the things I also we also got from the book, I thought was a really great description of how the undead actually, they, they are rotting corpses. Like, mm-hmm. they do rot. Like, the Velcinda has to re-sew a hand onto a blacksmith who wasn't very careful and ended up, like, just losing a hand in a blacksmithing accident. And he's like, she's like, well, I found this hand from somebody that used to be a butcher. And he goes to use it, and he's, and she's like, no, 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 not that quick. 
like you're going to have to get used to using this new hand it's it's new to you it's not used to doing what you were doing it's a butcher's hand it's strong but it's not gonna you know be able to you know be you're gonna have to retrain it basically uh which i thought was interesting i never realized that the undead like there there's a definite lifespan to the undeath which is part of uh sylvanus's big machinations you know yeah she she wants to keep going and keep her people going as well um, which I, I i do like how the book doesn't seem to have any kind of bias from horde to alliance even though like you said the audiobook is read by the voice actor who portrays anduin um throughout the chapters you're literally like jumping back and forth between sylvanas or anduin um then you have some interstitial stuff between like a gnome and a goblin. Uh, Grezik and uh, Safi. Yep. Uh, I got the link. <laughs> there you go. Did you see the um, the new stuff that they have where you can actually like try to track them down in game? Yes, now? I did. Yeah, okay. I found them. I found feathers. I did yeah. the whole, yeah. Really cool. Like I, I'm glad I got feathers. They're like mechanical parrot that they mm-hmm. have. Like, So it ke- like the book kind of keeps everything fresh, and you get to see both sides of the conflict. Um, I have to say the book really made me a fan of another lore character though with um being bloodhoof yeah i knew who he was just from him being a character in the game but i've never played as a tauren i don't know too much about them but reading this book made me be like okay like this guy's cool like he's anduin's like secret pen pal like they're sad that like sylvanas mom won't let them hang out anymore <laughs> yeah um so even now like spoilers for the stuff that's happening in the game like everything that Bane's doing, not to like really undermine Sylvanas, but like that has resonance for me, and I feel like it's because of reading this book. Yeah. There, I thought the things that actually slowed it down was uh, again, Greymane like constantly nagging uh, Anduin to like get shacked up and get an air going real quick. It's like, I know you're young, kid. Because Anduin's only supposed to be, what, in his late teens, early 20s? Um, like, it's kind of probably. nebulous, right? I, th- I think he's somewhere around there. I know people have done the math. I'm actually trying to look it up right now. I'm but seeing like an... Oh, it, it says right here, Anduin is 18 years old. Okay. As of Battle for Azeroth. So, and then Gen Greymane, who is a former king of uh, Lauderon, right? Gilneas, sorry. King of Gilneas. Gilneas, who's, you know, he lost his throne, but he's part of the alliance, and he's like the main advisor. He's like the war counselor for Anduin, and he's a guy that just does not want to take up the throne. He's like, look, if you bite it, everybody and their uncle's going to come out of the woodwork to, to to have a claim at this throne, because there will be no heir. And I don't want to be the guy that actually has to put down some insurrections and have and leave this, you know, kind of in turmoil just because you didn't, bone, you know, sack up and bone out a kid. Mm. Like, eh, you know, it's the first time they did it. I'm like, oh, that's that's good. You know, you got you're seeing an old war general be like, hey, look, I can't I can't do this. Like, this is something I can't do. I can't do this for you. This is on you. The third or fourth mentioning, it was like, okay, this is just why. What, what I'm not learning anything new about these characters or 
the the world that we're in by I, having this conversation. Again. I will agree with you. Um, in the expansion previous to this with Legion, I really dug Greymane kind of just being there as the like the cool uncle almost mm-hmm. to Anduin, who just lost his father in the battle on the Broken Shore. Um, and then just the interplay between Greymane and Sylvanas as you're going through the the Stormhill zone. I forget what it's called. Oh, right. Stormhel- uh, Stormhelm? Stormhelm, yeah. Uh, I, I really dug all that story. And then just to see this version of Bane, like, I... We're not Bane, I'm sorry. Uh, Greymane? Greymane, thank you. It just... It didn't have the same oomph to it. And even now, like, we haven't been getting that same character even in battle for azeroth so i feel like he's kind of like waxing and waning and like legion was like the big moments for him mm-hmm. i find that anduin was a little whiny a little naive like um there are some things that i kind of wish overall if because i do understand some of the people's tweaks are uh, criticisms of this uh, story where they're like you know what so sylvanas just comes off as like the villain you know like she is just underhandedly like kill her own people to further her own gains because she's afraid of losing power she's afraid of losing the her uh her kingdom or, or her queenship over the undead and you know if they just tweet and anduin comes off like a lot of vanilla to like with vanilla toast, milk toast, milk toast, right? Milk That's toast. the phrase. You know, where he's just like, oh, I want peace, you know, and let's try to do everything we can for peace and the light. And I don't know. I I feel like there is a there is a moment in the in the book where they could have like, you know, actually made it okay. Who's in the wrong here? Well, they're not. Neither of them are in the wrong because they're both trying to do what they feel is best for their people. Mm-hmm. Where if Anduin actually did, you know, make a secret like agreement with Kalia Manafield, yeah, Kalia Manafield, to try to retake uh, Lodoron, right? That's Lodoron. Yeah, that's the Undersea, aka the Undersea. Yep. Yeah. If they did, did a whole thing and the whole Arathi Heights was just kind of like a ploy to get some meet us, some undead and kind of so like an ins- a little small insurrection insurrectionary force to reestablish Kelly Amenafiel as the rightful ruler of uh, of uh Lodoran. and Sylvanas figures it out and she's like oh I can't believe I was manipulated by Anduin you know he's coming after my throne you can't trust the alliance dude you got a good 50-50 story there of who's like are they evil no are they in the right? Are either one of them in the right? Probably not. They were both, you know, kind of stoking the fire, you know, playing with fire. And now the world is, you know, the fire is out of control and the world is building. And here's the battle for Azeroth. And look, well, the tree's on fire. The tree's on fire. No, I understand that. I I can agree with that. But at the same time, you do have Gen saying, like, all of the... Yeah. Me, saying, like, no, you can't do this. Like, you can't trust her. Like we're already reeling from the losses that we suffered in the Legion. Like, we don't have the people to protect ourselves, let alone, like, anyone else. And you're trying to, like, branch out, like, this uh, hand of, like, hey, let's let's be friends. Like, this is going to make us weaker. 
Um, I think that just speaks to Anduin's character, though, where it's like, no, like this is the time that we have to have to try to be peaceful. Mm-hmm. And also, we get a lot of uh, that because of Will Benton, his uh, manservant. Is there's a phrase for it? It's Samwise Ganji. <laughs> his his Samwise to his kingship. Mm-hmm. Uh, his porter. Yeah, I thought, I think huh. that's about it. House porter. Uh, he passes away, and he he they realize that uh, his wife was actually became uh, turned to undead was turned undead and she was out there and you know it's this like anduin's with the whole uh arathi highlands meeting it is kind of like making up for the fact that his friend his dear long lifelong friend and kind of mentor never got an opportunity to meet with his wife one more time even though she was out there and was existing, even though she's in a different state. Which, great story, great character line, great story for for anyone. You know, it's it's strong. I, you know, you can, you, it makes him a little bit more three dimensional than just a leader that's just doing it for good. Maybe he is doing it just for a friend that he can't actually do it for anymore. So, yeah. I mean, that's ultimately like. Everything with Callie Amenethild is kind of what messes up the... Mm-hmm. Just because, yeah, she is the secret heir to Lordaeron. Like, she does have claim to that throne. So, of course, you know, Sylvanas is going to see that as a threat. And whether it was intended to be that or not, like, I think she reacts in a way representative of her as a character. Like, you know, no, like, cut them down. Like, mm-hmm. they're fraternizing with the enemy. Like, whether they actually are or not, like... She mm-hmm. doesn't know what's happening. Like, I don't think she's wrong to like uh, open fire, but it is it's a little cold-hearted. But at the same yeah. time, like, you you can't show that weakness. Mm-hmm. And that would be fine. But then they 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 voice her saying that this was an opportunity to have a gall go. Like, I can use this as an excuse mm-hmm. to to show that this will never go right. And this will always go wrong because the humans, the real, the living humans, don't trust the undead. They will never trust the undead. Like, but they even they did have moments of that where people who had agreed to mm-hmm. this meeting, like on the human side, to meet with their undead relatives, like they went and then ultimately was like, nope, backing out, yep. disgusted, can't do this. So I think that alone, like, yeah, she's she's still kind of right on some of that as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it moves her along pretty quickly, the, the story as a whole. I think, I think overall, overall it was well written. But man, you cannot go into it as not a Warcraft fan. Like if you don't have any, if you don't want know what Stormwind is or Ironforge or what dwarves are, any this is not an intro book. I I agree. <laughs> I think you have to at least you know have played the game through the starting content like Mm -hmm. maybe get up to level like 20 or 30 like learn like okay like this is this is iron forge okay this is stormwind oh i know what the horde like stuff is i might not have been there or you know vice versa i think that'll kind of break down that barrier of entry a little bit but no this is definitely a book for the fans yeah and and that's good and that can be that can be enjoyable that it can be good i i I don't want to put it down because of that, but I don't want to say, hey, guys, this was a fun read, 
everybody go out and read it because it's not for everyone. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same way you wouldn't recommend a Star Wars expanded universe book to someone who had only seen maybe. Right. I, I'm trying to think of what they could have seen, like the Star Wars holiday special. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's you have to have at least be familiar with these before you can be like, oh, well, here, read the Rogue Squadron X-wing saga. Like. Mm-hmm. That that's not going to be something that people can just like jump into. This is the same way. Um, it, it's still pretty accessible. I feel though, even as like a not a passing fan, but a not well versed fan yet. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we we didn't really have much in the way of lore, but we were. We, we were, you know, not dedicated players, but, well, you were more dedicated than I was. But, yeah. you know. Well, we, just, and honestly, that was just because of Legion at that point, too. Mm-hmm. We both had, we were both engrossed in the story, in the world itself. And we knew kind of who these characters were. I knew some of the characters more from Hearthstone <laughs> than the actual World of Warcraft. But some of the characters I really did know because of playing the games, like yeah. coming across Sylvanas. Uh, that works, and, though. Yeah, and I'm like, so what's happening now? And who is this? And Undead works like, what? So, no, But I, I did appreciate the Undead stuff, even though it's not a race that I really like play as. Like, I, After reading this book, it made me be like, okay, let me check this. I actually have a Undead Death Knight that's just kind of sitting there at level 55. Just, <laughs> you know, I'll get around to him eventually. Right. Um, and eventually, like I, I know we talked about this previously, but... I do want to read more of these books now. Like, mm-hmm. I want to pick up something else and and check it out. Yeah, the books that I was kind of more interested in are the ones that would probably be more about, you know, probably not another prelude book to an expansion, but something that delves into the actual, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a character. Like, there's the Tides of War, uh, which is Jaina so, Pradmore, yeah, that's Tides of War. You know, and that might be interesting. Uh, I heard that War Crimes wasn't great. Uh, just because it is a... Everybody's like, it's a courtroom drama World of Warcraft book. Um, see, that's the one that I kind of want to check out the most. Because um, Mr. Pandaria is a really cool expansion. I, have played, I haven't played through it. But mm-hmm. going back and leveling characters, whenever I'm in Pandaria, I'm, I want to see more of that world. I want to explore that a little bit and I think that would be a good way to do it hmm. it's uh, right after the brutal siege of Orgrimmar is over and Alliance and Horde forces have stripped Garish Hormscream the once uh, uh, leader of the Horde uh, uh, for, and uh, basically puts him up on crimes uh, war crimes and this is one and then he escapes and then goes to he goes back in time right yeah that's where <laughs> that's, uh, Warlords came from <laughs> okay and that's Warlords of Draenor. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're going to check it out, I can check it out as I well. I mean, maybe you just need to go into it. Think of it as um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Ah, uh, or 12 just Angry Men. It's, yeah. Just, it's um, my cousin Vinny. Jimmy Stewart <laughs> with like big shoulder pauldrons on. Nice. Talking, talking to pandas. Maybe, maybe that'll get you in. Maybe. Maybe. Might be good. Written back in 2015, also written by Kristen Gold, uh, Christy Golden. There you go. And you know, you know what else would be pretty good? What else would be pretty good? 
Maybe playing it some WoW. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should just get into it. Play some WoW. We could. We could. <laughs> Nothing's stopping us. We're adults. Yeah. I don't have to work tomorrow. I work at noon. That's not ah, too bad. Well, that's not too bad at all. But hey, if, if you want to hear more word books, let us know. Like we said, this was just a quick little nod episode. Something to uh, fill the gap until we can record. Maybe next week I have to check my schedule. Um, but if there's a book you want us to read, mm-hmm. let us know. And we could do more of a breakdown of like, you know, each chapter and stuff like that. Like we could take more time and discuss, you know, everything. But this is something that uh, Chris and I kind of said, yeah, let's do this tomorrow. And we're like, sure. And we haven't. So night off. We just wanted to like, sit down and talk about a book for like, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah. And we haven't read this book in a few months. <laughs> uh, since it came out because i i bought it when it released and it came out a couple weeks before yeah so october Uh, november yeah probably yeah so you know but if there was a book that you really wanted us to do listeners we take our time we would do it we would do it we would read it do it right that would be the next part of the bagging board family Mm -hmm. word books with friends so visit over us at patreon oh wait we don't do that so like us. Bagginboard.com. Yeah, like yeah. us over on the Facebook. Yeah. You can email mm-hmm. us. Email us your book uh, recommendations over at bagboardcast at gmail.com. Or, you know, just send us a book. That, that'd be cool. Yeah. You, you, you can reach out to us and send it to us. We'll figure it out. 